The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. How are you doing? Well, let's see. I am working crazy, crazy, insane hours right now. Um, what I do for a living is exceedingly busy this time of year. Mm. Uh, it is 110 degrees in the shade, Ooh. and um, parts of my city are on fire. <laughs> How are so, you doing? So everything's great. <laughs> Everything's going to be just great. Yeah, we, we um, Los Angeles has uh, fallen headlong into summer. Um, there are people suffering heat stroke. There is, uh, my, uh, the Mrs. and I were out in the bat on Saturday, and there were just a bunch of, um, of alerts for people, you know, passing out and getting sick. And uh, we had a couple of guys that work in our warehouse that, that actually got sick, uh, got heat stroke today. And Ugh. so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, welcome to uh, summer in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, we're um, we're hot. We're not that hot, but I think the the thing that's toughest about it is that is the transition because last week at this time we were having, uh, you know, mid to low eighties were the highs, and we had gentle delta breezes, which were refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just stagnant and boiling. Yeah, even even here, uh, as as early as last week, the weather was beautiful. We had um, there was one night uh, last week where it was about seventy two, and it was just oh. amazing. Yeah, so I, same here. And I had actually uh, I, I was talking to uh, to some friends of mine, and I'm just like, it just seems like you know, when are we going to roll into the heat? And uh, we just went from zero to sixty. Uh, it started yesterday, uh, and it just the temperature just or Saturday, and the temperature just skyrocketed. And uh, yeah, it's just been that way for the last couple of days, and we're all just you know hiding in our air conditioning. Well, and the good news is that it's expected to last for at least two weeks. Oh so. boy! Yeah. Oh boy! Mm, Freon, Freon's my friend. That's true. We are Those Guys with Ships, and this is episode number 116 of our show, now with extra buttery goodness. Is it buttery? Mm-hmm. Is that, it's not really good for you. I mean, I feel bad for our <laughs> listeners. They're going like, to get like high cholesterol or something, right? It, it's butter substitute. But oh, don't oh, oh, we have butter substitute? That's even worse. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Can't this believe is the, the show's not guys. butter. It, it is, but it is lightly salted, the sea salt. <laughs> This is the Versecast, the best damn star citizen podcast. In this show, we discuss development news to do with the best damn space sim, Star Citizen. And today is June 6th, 2946. All right, we better get down to it. Spoiler alert. Um, those of you who have are not caught up on your Game of Thrones uh, through episode number nine, uh, you better go find something else to do for about the next 10 minutes because we got business to take care of here. All right. I am uh, firing up the Rantometer, and we are going <laughs> yes. to be uh, we are going to be spoiler ridden for the next 10 minutes, starting in three, two, one, Rantometer up, Gleep, go for it. Wow. That, that, that was my WTF noise. Um, okay. Deep breathing. Okay. So, I want to go back to episode number eight, because we've not recorded since then. Sure. And uh, in episode eight, we got some nice uh, Sandor the Hound uh, scenes. Uh uh, his little uh, revenge page was most satisfying, I must say. I mean, he was running around hatcheting people, which, you know, he does so well. It's true. And, um, and But that said, we were expecting uh, to get the uh, Clegane Bowl um, at Cersei's Trial by Combat. But then uh, Tommen said, no, 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 no. no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trial by Combat, now illegal. Uh, so uh, that little potential delicious bit of the ultraviolence, gone. Not going to get that. 
Um, so and kind of the hound is sort of left um, uh, left hanging. Hanging hound. Uh, is he going to head north with the uh, to the wall with the Brotherhood, who apparently are are, are one of the few uh, 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 groups of characters in in this story that are paying attention to uh, like the really big problem? Um, you know, they frozen, know that they need to frozen ice zombies. Frozen ice. That's, well, the ice big, zombies are, are not the problem. It's it's the it's the guys that make the ice zombies. Oh yeah, that, uh, that's well, yeah, that's uh, the head of the snake, if you will. Yeah. Um, so is he going to go north with the Brotherhood? They've offered him a job, essentially. Um, we don't know. Um, uh, we could still get um, uh, Zombie Mountain versus the Hound at some point. We'll have to wait and see. But in the north, um, John needs troops uh, for he needed he needed uh, troops for the Bastard Bowl, which I, I kind of thought was a pretty cool uh, uh, thing to call it. Um, and uh, uh, Sansa sent Brian south to uh, parlay with the Blackfish, and it was an epic, epic fail. I was so disappointed. Um, you know, uh, she shows up there and gets nothing accomplished. The Blackfish, uh, we, we get no no completion to his story arc. We just know that he's dead. Uh, because he wouldn't uh, wouldn't leave his home, um, we get you know Jamie uh, saying uh, bye bye, you know Brian and Pod gently floating down the river in the pre dawn gloom. Um, no battle at River Run. I mean that was like really setting up to be. I thought we were going to get uh, River Run for the for episode nine. I thought we were going to get a battle at River Run. We were going to get the Bastard Bowl, and we were going to get um, uh, Cersei's uh, trial by combat. Or something in Marine. We, we, I thought we would get like a trifecta of, of really, of really cool battles, but no, 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 no. Um, so anyway, uh, but now Jamie gets to return to King's Landing and rescue Cersei. Boo! And please, 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 somebody tell me they didn't write that stupid little tell me a joke sequence between Tyrion Masandi and Grey Worm just to kill time until Danny could like come jumping through the door and say nothing. Just stand there staring at people. I, I thought her standing there staring at Tyrion was brilliant. I I enjoyed that personally. You're wrong. I she just was staring at him, watching him stew in his own juices, and he's and and to his credit, um, he really did have he, he did buy them time. I mean, he did he did. Um, oh, yeah. He did set yeah. set that city up it, it, to be in a better place. He just didn't realize he was going to get burned by the uh, by the slavers. So you know, I kind of feel bad for him because he was doing a decent job. He just got burned in the end. And the funny thing is that um, Daenerys left in chaos and returned in chaos. So it was just kind of like, okay, so you've done what in the I don't know one or two weeks I've been gone. <laughs> well, she's been gone since last season, right? But we we don't really know the time. Time is kind of vague in, uh, ooh, ooh. in Game I of Thrones. I will be getting to that shortly. Okay, so anyway, I just it seemed like it was it was silly filler that just didn't need to happen. Uh, but that was not the worst of it. No, 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 no. By far the most egregious violation. Still speaking about episode number eight, the most egregious violation of the fans' trust was the complete and utter nonsense they foisted upon us as the conclusion of Arya's summer holiday in Bravos. What was that? Remind me, Jimmy, please. Why did she go there? What did it accomplish? Please tell me. Well, um, it, she did receive uh, training in the arts of combat and assassination. Um, while she will not uh, be uh, serving the uh, the faceless god or the many-faced god, the many-faced god. Um, she did walk away, I think, with an amazing skill set to be able to get back to work on the, the more pressing issue, her list. <clears throat> a girl is not just a girl. A girl is Arya Stark. That's good. I like that. Much better episode this week. So we got the, uh, the Battle of the Bastards. It was absolutely brutal. Absolutely yeah, They really brutal. did a great job. Um, oh, with the overexposed was... uh, film, and they, they and you really felt like you were in a uh, a medieval type battle. Oh, it was awful, um, and by awful I mean great. Yeah. Um. So John wins, surprise. But yeah, yeah but I mean, you know, John won because uh, Sansa saved his ass. Let's oh, well, be honest I'm getting, here. I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Um, but I, we knew I, that it, we he, knew it was going to happen one way or he another. He fell right into Ramsay's trap. She told him. 
don't do what he wants you to do. And he mm-hmm. did exactly what he wanted him to do because they were because supposed to stay behind the line and let them come to them. Because that's what Starks do. That's what Eddard did. That's what Rob did. Starks always do something noble and stupid. And I'm sorry, but I knew I knew at, as soon as that episode started, I told my wife, Tommen is dead. And uh, and Ramses will die. You mean Rickon? Rickon, right? Rickon right, right. will die, and uh, Ramses will die. It, it is not a surprise, and I it it was not a surprise to me. The battle was no, great. No, um, Daenerys's uh, retaking of the city was absolutely stunning with all of her dragons. Um, yeah. I enjoyed. It was good. That. It was good. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, I enjoyed it. Why? Why now? Tyrion uh, freed the dragons in episode three, I think it was. Why is it six weeks later that they're finally like busting out? Good question. Don't know. Okay. All right. So this kind of and the the Denaris, um, uh, Denaris burns the masters yet again. I mean, you think they would have learned the last time that she set them on fire with dragons? You. Well, the way uh, I, I love the way Grey Worm executed uh, two of the three masters. That that was pretty. That was pretty pretty clever. Yeah. Um, and if I'm that third guy, I'm like, whoa, you betcha. I'm going back and tell him what you said, uh-huh. Mr. Grey Worm. <laughs> and so anyway, so she burns the masters and makes plans for setting sail back to Westeros. And then this leads me to a complaint that I've, I've been having uh, or that's been building for a little bit now is like the pace of the story arcs has increased dramatically. Yeah. It feels really rushed and like a lot of context is being left out. So, for example... How did Yara and Theon get from the Iron Islands to Marine in less than two weeks? That is that is literally the opposite. Those are opposite sides of the world. They're in sailing ships. Well, it's, but it, that's what it, they do. That's their jam. They're sailors. No, it, it's fast travel. That's it, there's just no, yeah, no way. I don't disagree. There's it's just it's fast travel, and it does not make sense in this universe. Well, and then here, again, I'm back to what you were discussing earlier with Littlefinger and Sansa. How does Littlefinger and the armies from the Vale get to Winterfell without passing through the twins and having to get past Walder Frey? I mean, that was a huge thing. Remember, uh, Rob trying yeah, but to get Walder Frey doesn't have much of an army. I don't. I, I don't think he they... has the Lannisters. Yeah, but the Lannisters were occupied. They didn't. They did not. Well, the Lannister Lannister armies at um, at um, uh, Casterly Rock. So I mean, but they didn't even make mention of it. So I mean, it's just basically, boom, they're there. She sends she sends a, a raven, and two days later they're there. It's just it's fast travel, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I remember early early on in the series how long it took to get anywhere, and how much a part of the story that was. Well, I mean, you, here's the thing, though. We have one more episode in this season. Mm-hmm. The next two seasons are like it's like seven episodes and six episodes, and that's it. Ooh, now, now, where did you get this information? Did um, we have two more seasons. I, uh, I, I read it I, either. I read it somewhere, or the missus, who's um, who's very up on all of the uh, Hollywood gossip, told me. But um, but yeah, that's it. They're wrapping the show up. And, so fourteen more total episodes, right? And basically, they're stretching what would be a season, thirteen episodes, into two into two seasons. Well, no, a season's ten episodes. Um, well, I guess it depends. Some of them are 13. 26 no. or 13. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Well, no, the, I'm, no the, I'm not talking about every, Game, of, Game of Thrones specifically. I'm talking in general. Well, yeah, but, but Game of Thrones specifically is what well, anyway, okay. anyway. Okay, yeah. So, All but, right. So, yeah, that the, 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 the belief is that um, they are doing uh, basically seven episodes or six episodes next season and then either seven or six the following season so it equals out to 13 shows um, all right. and then and then they're done all right well we're, we're coming up on our 10 minute uh, we are um, limit here so anyway I just um, um, uh, I, I was much happier this week than I was the previous week and um, I'm just really afraid that um, with the increasing pace um, of uh, of story arcs here resolving that we're going to end up getting disappointed uh, in the long run. But it's entirely possible. And yeah. we are back. <sighs> Rantometer, oh, so Rantometer disengaged. Spoiler wall replaced. <laughs> uh, how high did the Rantometer go? Uh, on a scale of uh, one to holy crap, uh, you were just touching cotton. <laughs> cotton? Crap, cotton, touching cotton. No, really? I was so clever that time. I was was clever. clever. But you have to remember your audience, and I'm not smart. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, fair enough, Forrest. You ready to talk All about right. uh, Star Citizen? Star Citizen, let's talk about Dragonfly Mania. Oh, they were so smart on this move. I, 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 <sighs> I have so many opinions on, on this particular ship. Yeah, this is this is a very cool ship. Um, from the official uh, description thereof, the Drake Dragonfly is intended to offer an even lighter type of utility snub ship than the Merlin or Archimedes. Though it is smaller, the Dragonfly is unquestionably meaner in its ability to be used both used as both planetary and space transportation sets it apart like nothing else. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's but- a motorcycle. Go ahead. I was going to say, they were very clever in releasing basically uh, a, a ground vehicle. Um, you know, it's it's a motorcycle that can fly in space and, and can also fly on land. Um, mm-hmm. it, and you, and another thing, I, one of the things I really like about that fact is because it's an open cockpit, you cannot enter, uh, in, uh, you cannot go in and out of, um, uh, or on and off planet. Um, yeah. You have to. It has to be in a ship if you're exiting or entering a, a planet, and I think that's great. Um, I I am very impressed with the fact that, or I should say, it's very smart marketing um, to to basically have a a ship, and I'm using my quote fingers uh, <laughs> to to have a ship uh, go on sale for thirty five dollars, very affordable. Um, really sell the motorcycle gang esque aspect of it and really introduce um you know i know that we've got the buggy but mm-hmm. how you know how useful the buggy is going to be versus how useful the uh dragonfly is going to be is night and day you know um the buggy is, almost seems like it's not even worth it anymore well that's interesting um uh, because someone on one of the rtvs i think it was asked the question of Ben, said, hey, how come we can't get a CCU from uh, the Grey Cat buggy up to the Dragonfly? And Ben said, well, because, but hold on to that Grey Cat because it's going to be very useful to you at some point in the future. So Interesting. So they've got, I wonder what their plans are for the Grey Cat and how it is going to differ uh, from the uh, Dragonfly. Because at this mm-hmm. point, hands down, the Dragonfly, in my opinion, is going to is going to is the ground vehicle. You know what I mean to get from right. from city to city or um, to travel across a you know a a planet. You're going to probably want to use a dragonfly, something that doesn't have wheels. Right, um, but you know, let's just make a silly rule and say that the dragonfly can't fly indoors. And so, if you have an underground city or something, a place like Arc Corp, okay. You know, you're not able. You're not able to uh, to use the dragonfly there, but you would be able to get around uh, in your golf cart. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Sure. And the dragonfly, like the buggy, seats too. So you and your bestie can ride biatch and share in the exciting adventures. OMG, totes. <laughs> I prefer the meerkat. <laughs> yeah, the meerkat. How about you? Um, the meerkat is uh, meerkat's exceptional. Um, I, uh, what was uh, what was the term for uh, reverse again? I forget what that the was. The Siamese twins. The Siamese twins. I think the Siamese twins is my favorite. Yeah. Well, um, clever folks will find a reference in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. Well, the Dragonfly, it has three modes. Uh, it's a compact mode for transportation, for moving it around, a space mode, as we said, for flying in space, and the ground mode for flying on the planet surfaces. Very exciting. Now, it comes in yellow with chrome, a limited edition for the initial concept sale only, uh, not to be offered again, is what Ben said, or matte black. You can get it separately or in pairs, and it even comes in a mixed pair bundled with the Caterpillar, all with LTI, which was because they couldn't separate the, 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 the insurance portion of the package. They couldn't have different insurance levels within the same package, so... Uh, folks that make a move on that uh, will um, will benefit for a second chance at getting the Caterpillar with LTI. Um, and one convenient low price of just $300. So, uh, Jimmy? Convenient low price. <laughs> well, I mean, but the... The uh, the those ships are thirty five bucks a piece. The dragonflies are thirty five bucks a piece, and the, um, the caterpillar is two forty five, I believe. So let's see, doing some some math there. That's three fifteen, right? Mm hmm. Okay, so fifteen dollars, you can buy a small pizza for that. 
<laughs> yeah, what about the what about the caterpillar? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm talking about the cat bundle. I don't I don't like caterpillars on my pizza. Mm, fair enough. All right. So, um, any interest in this ship, there, Jimmy? Oh God, Gleep. Things things have happened in my hangar. <laughs> tell me, tell me. All right. So. You know, we've talked about this. Um, I have been on the fence with the Constellation um, since it's become uh, flight ready. Uh So my issue with the Constellation is if I have just slightly more cargo in the Connie than I do in the Freelancer, but have all the freedom of flying the Freelancer, for the most part solo if I want to, Mm -hmm. but have to have a crew for the Constellation... I'm I'm gonna want to go with a larger uh, a larger hauler. I'm gonna want to go with the Caterpillar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I have to have a crew, then I'm gonna want a ship that's got more cargo space. And I really like the Caterpillar's modular design. Um, I really uh, I like the the stuff that they've been showing lately. We both know it's gonna be hangar ready fairly soon. Um, mm-hmm. I like the modularity. I'm wondering if you cut down the modularity. In other words, if you don't use the the full what is it uh, six or seven. Um, attachment points. I'm wondering how the ship handles, if it handles any better or, or any worse. Uh, I decided uh, with the uh, Caterpillar and uh, Dragonfly combo pack to melt my Connie. <gasps> no! Melted my Connie, um, had a store credit that I had been sitting on for quite a while now. I'd say a good four or five months. And uh, all said in total, spent $5. Isn't that a good feeling? Yeah, well, Be- yeah. Because it's a good, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, and other people have said this, but I think it's very cool that CIG has sort of created entertainment out of game development. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, you got you got five dollars of uh, or for five dollars you got uh, much 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 more uh, of that in value of excitement. <laughs> well, and and I actually got another LTI ship uh, in the Caterpillar mm-hmm. because the Connie was a three year insurance based on a cross chassis upgrade of an older ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically I was able to LTI. I was able to, uh, in my opinion, upgrade to the Caterpillar. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I got uh, the two Dragonfly kit that goes with the Caterpillar. Uh, and so I think it's going to be kind of fun to have, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping that the Dragonfly, and I'm going to ask this question when the Q&A posts, um, are you going to be able to attach like a little trailer hitch to the back of the Dragonfly and move cargo between ships in space? Only in Shriners parades. Perfect. Um, but but no, kind of like a, an on, onloading and offloading uh, vehicle that will allow for you to move cargo uh, through Zero-G uh, much more effectively. I think that that'll be a, a great use of its... Uh, yeah, uh, great, yeah. Great great use for that ship. I, I, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah um, the Connie is no more, which makes me sad. Um, you know, we, You know, you never know. I mean, Caterpillar may come out and I may, you know, I may get rid of that and go back to a Connie, but I really doubt it. Um, I really like the Caterpillar a lot. Um, I really love its modularity. I'm really excited about the ability to customize that ship, which is not really something you can do with the Connie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also looking forward to the cargo space because, again, you know, I, I see myself predominantly using, you know, my Avenger and my Freelancer um, for all of the, you know, the, the the nefarious activities I plan on doing on my own. And having having a larger multi-cruise ship was really more for the big hauls. So mm-hmm. to be able to have a Caterpillar and really maximize that space, especially with, um, you know, with adding more cargo modules on. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a good move, and I'm excited, and I'm now I'm really looking forward to seeing the caterpillar in my hangar. Yes, yes, I think it's um, it's going to be a very interesting ship because I think it gets sold a lot as a pirate ship, but I don't think that that's the case. I mean, or not necessarily the case. Right. I think it has a lot of le- legitimate um, uh, uses just because of its modularity and basically its box cars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, they can they can make different themed or different uh, purpose box cars uh, until they're uh, until the cows come home, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't. I don't think it has to be a boarding ship. I don't think it has to be a um, a vessel for running uh, illicit cargo. Um, I mean, because it doesn't have any weapons on it, does it? Yeah, it's got weapons. Um, it's it's not as 
It is definitely not as well armed as the Constellation, and I would imagine it's not going to be as maneuverable. Uh, it's, obviously, it's not going to be as maneuverable. Um, but the thing is, you know, uh, one thing that I've really learned as the larger ships have become flight ready is that you really fly those ships differently. You you fly mm-hmm. your Star G's, you, your your eventual Caterpillars, your Constellations. You fly those ships completely different than the way that you fly uh, a Freelancer and down, you know, um, a Freelancer, Cutlass, Avenger, Saber, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. you, you know, and there's varying degrees of adjustment. You know, the, the Freelancer is definitely a ship that is a, a little bit slower on the turns, whereas, you know, a Saber is not. So there are varying degrees. You, you change your flight style a little bit based on those ships, but there's a noticeable and big jump with the way that you will fly the larger multi-crew ships. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and I love that, too. I love that uh, that you can already see in the game um, the need to change the way that you fly depending on the ship that you're flying. Yes, yes. And, and, and I think it, that's the way it should be. Yeah, I agree 100%. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, well, I am torn. Uh, part of me thinks it would be a handy addition to my big ships, the um, the Gemini or the Genesis. Uh, but another part of me is uh, screaming back at myself from deep in the abyss, saying, "Stop spending money." Yeah, I, the thing is, I haven't actually, uh, you know, except for maybe five dollars here or, or fifteen dollars there, um, I haven't really spent much money in, on, on CIG in over a year. I, I've been just kind of playing the shell game and moving stuff around based on my needs. And you know, I have a very um, specific desire in game. You know, smuggling and info running. And mm-hmm. everything that I... Uh, any ship that I have is based around those game mechanics. So I don't have any interest in a Genesis. I don't have any interest in a Gemini. Um, and so my advice to you would be to not get it. Because mm. I, I don't really think it's going to fit into the universe that you're trying to create for yourself. Um, I think that you're going to get more out of your uh, Genesis and more out of your Gemini than you would out of a Caterpillar. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, well, and before um, before the the Dragonfly went uh, the concept sale went live, I did uh, buy back my LTI Hull A and CCU it to a Reliant Core. Uh, because I'm, I'm hoping when 2.5 launches that the Reliant will be flyable. And, uh, and then eventually I, I want to be able to um, uh, reverse some of the madness I, um, I did previously and uh, uh, CCU my core to the, uh, the Mako, I, I believe it's called, the Newsvan one. So Yeah, that'd be great. Because uh, I think it would be fun to record in space, which we'll be discussing in the second show. Yes. So anyway, uh, speaking of the Caterpillar, though, Jimmy, have you seen this video? I did. Uh, That was actually one of the things that really pushed me over the edge. Yeah, I mean it is. Uh, it's from the uh, from the sale page, and it's uh, it shows the it's the Drake Caterpillar update, and um, it's. It's just awesome. It's just awesome looking. It's um yeah. It's it's only about a minute long, and I would imagine most folks out there have watched it. If you haven't, uh, basically what it is is uh, it shows you a little bit of what the cargo hull looks like, uh, or or at least one of the cargo modules. Uh, it shows you what looks to be the engine room, including uh, the uh, the grav unit uh, and what looks to be a couple of engines. Uh, it gives you kind of an overview of the bathroom, uh, things that you have not that I have not seen, um, and it's probably not ready yet to show yet. Would be the um, the control hub, the 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 lifeboat module, if you will, the the standalone ship that you use to control. Uh, the, Ooh, does that detach? It does, yeah. The, the, the ship on the side of it, yeah. That it's designed to be um, kind of a, an escape pod. Like if you have to dump your cargo and run, um, it's designed to uh, have a life of its own. So in a way, well, it's a cool. it's a ship and a ship. Uh, so yeah, it's a great one minute teaser, um, and it was really kind of the thing that made me go, okay, you know what? I think that I'm I'm going to be happier in this ship than I am uh, in the constellation. You know, um, long term, I'd love to have the ability to just basically live out in space, you know, and not return to a hangar unless I absolutely had to. Uh, And so I've kind of been looking for a ship that would scratch that itch. And I don't feel that way about the Constellation. I do feel that way about the Caterpillar. Well, you know, and it's and like you said, we we know that it's going to be flyable soon. And uh, I am torn or at least in hangar. 
Well, they, they said, um, oh, who was it that said that? Somebody said that, um, you know, coming up down the road, that um, flyable big ship, that the Caterpillar was the most likely candidate. Um, so, um, I don't know. It's, um, I, I like it. I like it. I yeah. it's pretty cool. That's a great okay. ship. I mean, the thing is, you, you do what you do, but just... Keep in mind that, you know, I just don't don't give in too much to the fact that it's the new hotness, because I, I honestly don't necessarily think that it's a ship that would fit your play style. Well, you see, but the thing, too, is, is that um, we are able to buy back pledges. Right. Um, one every quarter using store credit. So you can um, you can have fun in the near term and um, and then uh, right size your um, your <laughs> yeah. PU attitude. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. Um, so on this week's RTV, Matt Sherman uh, fielded some questions about the Dragonfly. He said that a Caterpillar module hold at least two Dragonflies while in their compact mode. And though for sure a fly, as we're going to call it, uh, will fit in the back of a Freelancer, the only ships it currently and for true won't fit in are the Avenger and the Reliant. So that's kind of interesting, I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then there was a, an impromptu Draw the Dragonfly contest initiated on uh, Reverse the Verse episode 98. And uh, Jimmy, did you see uh, the fine works offered up by some of the TGWS members on, uh, on our forums? Brilliant. Stunning. Um, amazing. Uh, Picasso-esque. Uh, especially yours. Um, I felt the Pew Pew Pew, uh, although, I'm sorry, not yours. Uh, who did the Pew 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 one? Hold on. That was Amontillado. Amontillado, yes. Um, I thought the Pew 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 and pirate skull on the side was exceptional uh just brilliant work absolutely brilliant work um there uh avi physics posted some uh great uh great stills of Mm -hmm. uh of uh, what looks to be astronauts experimenting with scooters i don't know (laughs) why but okay Um, because the 60s happened well i i I would guess this had something to do with you know uh the moon landing and well you know let's go ahead and try a scooter and see if that works and then they ended on the buggy but, uh, yeah, no. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Avi Physics' more detailed uh, or, or hand-drawn render is spectacular. Yes, yes. Very cool. So we will link uh, that page in the show notes. So uh-huh. Definitely do go check that out. Low-tech um, as well. Very nice. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the sale lasts through the 27th, and that's one week from right now, right here, right now. Now, right here, the Caterpillar... Right, now, right here, right now. The Caterpillar... It wasn't on sale up until this point again, right? It didn't. It was off. It's not always on sale. You can't always buy a caterpillar right now. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think that's right. Think yeah, that's right. it was. It was one of those things where it was like it was the right opportunity. It was the right package, uh, and it just felt like it was time to make that move. Yeah, because it was. The, I think they see that the the two as being related. You know, kind of like when the. Um, in the last patch, when uh, Starfare went live, um, um, they uh, they released it, the Gemini and uh, the the um, Reliant uh, again, the, only the base model because it was in hangar. So right. it seems like anytime something happens of significance with a, a ship, be it uh, flight ready or hangar ready, that an opportunity presents itself to get back on that train. Absolutely, they do. They're, they're doing a very good job marketing. Yep. All right, and speaking of 2.4 madness, uh, it went live the uh, the tenth Friday the tenth. Uh, they they did a release on Friday again uh, because I think they like working weekends. The parking's a lot easier. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, Alpha 2.4 introduces the first iteration of in-game persistence and shopping, as well as major changes to the controls, updates to the ship roster, including making the Starfire flyable in-game and the Reliant hangar ready, bug fixes, balance updates, and more. In short, this is the biggest and most important update since Star Citizen Alpha 2.0. The Starfarer, and as we were just discussing, the Starfarer Gemini and the base Reliant all went back on sale, I believe it's through today, uh, Jimmy. Uh, close of business here on Monday the 20th um, in celebration of 2.4's release. Uh, so, Jimmy, um, did you make uh, any other moves? No, no, that was it. Um, I think mm. that was enough, though, Gleep. Mm. Well, I, I, I did I did get the core, um, uh, which because it was available. Because it's not normally available, so I did uh, I did get that back. And uh, popped it into my hangar. Oh, my God, it's a beautiful ship. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it looks so pretty. Now, the core is what? Just the cargo hauler, right? 
Correct. The mini hauler. Yeah. Right. The mini hauler. Right. Okay. Right. Which also, if um, um, if cargo hauling is the next mechanic, or cargo is the next mechanic that we get um, in game, like if we get that before we get mining, uh, then I'm thinking having a small hauler will be um, will be a fun uh, a fun addition or a fun thing to have uh, uh, in the hangar. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah, because the, the hull A is not going to be is not going to be for a while. Um, uh, the whole I'm, I'm guessing the whole whole well, this is not easy to say. The whole hull series will uh, make its appearance uh, in in game, both in hangar and as playable at the same time. And I'm guessing they've got a lot of work to do before they um, yeah are able to put that out. Absolutely, yeah. Cause, and and I can't imagine that we're going to see a hull in a playable. Uh, Context in Squadron Forty Two, so there's uh, it's likely not uh, high on anyone's um, uh, uh, priority list. So. Right. Yeah. All right. So um, we are going to talk a little bit more about our adventures thus far in two point four two point four during our community podcast. Uh, but for now, Jimmy, please to be summarizing your experience in one word: persistence. My word is gelatin. Okay. June subscriber flair, Jimmy. I know. I, you see, I buried this one because I wanted to surprise you because I know how much you love it. Uh huh. It's another ship. Yay! It's another ship. <laughs> so excited. It's, it's, the, it's the Sabre. It's the the Aegis Sabre ship model. This realistic ship model from, and I always want to say Tonkatsu because I think it does remind me of a fried pork cutlet. <laughs> um, okay. From, from Fried Pork Cutlet Starships, the most trusted name in ship models is the 13th in the in a collection of Star Citizen ships. Display your saber with pride and then collect the other models to complete the display. So now, Jimmy, uh, do you like this fine replica model or a jar of space vegetable debris more? Um, I like the plants. I think they're cool. They are immersion puckering. I disagree. I disagree. They're in their it own self-contained environment. It is known. They're in their own self-contained environment. They are properly regulated both in heat, light, and moisture. Ah. Ah. Plants are stupid. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> yeah, I guess who, who would that be? That would be PIPA, wouldn't it? People mm-hmm. for the Ethical Treatment of Plants? Or, yeah. or no, I guess that's an unpronounceable word, so let's just leave it there. Sure. All right, so official contents, Jimmy. Um, since last time, we've gotten a couple episodes of um, Around the Verse, uh, 2.35 and 2.36. So uh, in in the former, be sure to check out part one of Disco's interview uh, with freelance ship concept artist and illustrator, Mr. Jim Martin. Uh, he worked on uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, Starship Troopers, uh, The Matrix sequels, and Alien Resurrection. Now, you know, he's kind of like this show, Jimmy. He has his roots in NorCal, and he has other roots in SoCal. Nice. Yeah. So, you're in SoCal. I'm in NorCal. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. You see what I did there? Uh Uh-huh. I love Reese's. Mm. Um, And do not be sure, or do not be sure. Be sure to not miss uh, 2.35's ATV Fast Forward. Um, uh, way cool EVA FPS combat. Uh, kind of reminds me of Slaughtering the Nolly in the first Unreal game. Did you ever play that game? No, I did not. Mm, hours and hours of pointless brutality inflicted upon meditating pacifists. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It, this was before Grand Theft Auto, so you, you had to have you had to have some place to get them wiggles out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, then in 2.36, don't miss the second part of Disco's interview with Jim Martin. Um, then also Disco's uh, ShipShape interview with Matt Sherman, in which Matt explains oodles of cool stuff about the Dragonfly. And then the AI subsumption test video shown at the very end during um, this week's ATV Fast Forward. It's really starting to look like a real game, Jimmy. Yeah, no, I would agree 100%. Um, and, you know, for those, of you, for those of you that did not have an opportunity to PTU test uh, 2.4, I'm sure that you uh, would agree at this point. Um, just how big of a game changer it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you get a chance to see the um, uh, the subsumption test that mm-hmm. part of the video? No, I did not. Basically, um, what it is, I mean, it's 
it's not it's nothing really exciting un- unless you kind of put it in context. It's it shows a bunch of AI, a bunch of AI in what's what's the name of the place in Art Corp where the um, the ship showroom um, where you know they have the M fifty floating around on the, on the turntable. Um, the place nobody goes to. Yeah, the place that nobody goes to, uh, which is why I can't remember the name. But the, that entire showroom is populated with AI, and you see AI having interactions with one another. You see a couple fighting. Oh, um, uh, you see, I'm not like fisticuffs, but you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you see um, uh, people discussing the ships. You see people. Um, you see a guy working on uh, like a maintenance guy working on something. So which you know, like you just kind of oh, I mean, because this is stuff that you see all the time, but uh, we've not seen it in Star Citizen. So I, it was right, no, cool. yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, um, it, it's great seeing a lot of players uh, interacting, and it's great to see those players in in different outfits now. So the mm-hmm. the versus starting to uh, get a little character, a little color. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's one thing that is sorely missing is is AI and and AR AI interactions. So um, I'm glad to see that uh, that they're getting closer to to launching that aspect, uh, that that part of the verse and populating the verse, so to speak, with with smart NPCs. Yeah, in in um, uh, this week's uh, ten for the chairman, Chris is actually back in LA right now. We didn't have uh, time to. Uh to make notes on this, but uh, he does talk about the AI. Because somebody asked a question, basically um, somewhere along the lines of, um, "Are AI going to always fight to the death, or will AI be smart and sometimes run away?" And uh, what Chris said is, and he went into a long, as Chris does, um, he went into a long, complex, uh, overly detailed uh, answer to a fairly simple question. But in that, he talked about how. Uh, the complexity of of uh, AI interaction, both with each other and then also with player characters. Now, not to get too into this ten four, but did you watch it? I did. Okay, I did. well, so, I, I did as I was getting ready for the show. Okay, so I had seen on Twitter, and I just want to know if this is accurate or not. Um, but one of the nuggets that someone apparently gleaned from this ten four was that uh, the goal for CIG is to have the Stanton system fully fleshed out. And, and kind of interconnected by the end of the year. Did you? I haven't seen the, sh- the show yet, so did you see something about that? He, um, I don't know if those were the exact words, but he did say something by the end of this year, uh, something to do with um, having um, connections between these systems uh, be more seamless and have them, you know, instead of going from an ArcCorp module to the Allsar module to the Hangar module, that there was going to be um, a you would go to one place and from that one place you would go to different places. And gotcha. This is this is entirely my recollection. You know, while listening to that, while you know feeding the cat, while you know right, 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 right. So, um, I, but um, there was something like that. It, it does seem like that would be a logical goal um, to to have one system completely fleshed out with missions. Uh, maybe if you've got the uh, the asteroid hangar, you're out in uh, in Yella. Maybe if uh, you know you've got the um, you know the industrial hangar, you're maybe in R Corp. You know what I'm saying? Like it would make sense mm-hmm. to kind of do something like that. And depending on your hangar, would be where you start from in the Stanton system, and mm-hmm. and getting all of the Stanton system tied together. So you actually go to R Corp. Um, there's other parts of Stanton that aren't available yet to uh, to wander about in. So to have that stuff go online, it makes sense. If you can build a full, complete system top to bottom, uh, spa- uh, solar system system, uh, then branching out and creating other systems and then using um, jump points to tie them together seems like it would be uh, relatively easy once you got over the initial build. Yeah, like the, at some point it becomes copy paste. Right, exactly. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if that is in fact a goal, that would be fantastic. I think that would be a great goal. You know, maybe we get um, you know a fully fleshed out one fully fleshed out system and Squadron Forty Two by uh, you know end of year or first quarter. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is all possible. And, you know, one thing that's interesting before we leave the ten four, uh, he did on a couple of occasions say, "I can't give you a specific date because we know how that works." Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we're so, we're close to are we are we close to or are we at four weeks behind schedule with two point four? And I'm not complaining; I'm just uh, observing as far as monthly oh, patches ooh. go. Oh, uh, we're no two point four would have been April's patch. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're a little bit behind on the monthly updates. But the thing is, there, there's such the, I get it, and there's so much that came with 2.4 that it, it had there had to be huge blockers that really it took them a while to get to where they needed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he mentioned that too. He yeah. said, you know, he said that the big things a lot of times he said take longer. Well, you know? yeah, and and the thing is, like you know, for the. Um, for the the brouhaha that that is out there from time to time, or the the, um, in my opinion, the unnecessary flack that the game gets, um, mm-hmm. there there are blockers, there are challenges, um, there are wrong directions that that a company takes in developing a game, and sometimes you've got to right the ship. Um, all of the things that people uh, cite CIG as being, you know, uh, the end of the world for CIG. Um, are all very common things in game development. So it's just that CIG does it publicly. So, you know, it becomes more like, oh, but the truth of the matter is that, you know, when you hit these types of blockers, it does set the game back and it takes a while to get past them. CIG is consistently shown that they can get past blockers, you know, and especially with the release of Persistence, um, it really, it really speaks to the fact that, you know, this game is moving forward. And to date, I'm very excited with, with what I'm able to play as a backer. Yes, yes, me too. All right, well, um, speaking of the 10 fours, uh, we had a couple of 10 for the developers since last time. Uh, in episode number 13, it's all Brian Chambers. Enough said. So, seriously, watch this. Um, there is nothing about it to make a fanboy like me squeal and go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we got to talk about this because it's so cool. But. I, always, I think it's always worth the time to listen to a subject matter expert like of Brian's caliber discuss the things he's forgotten, um, uh, the thing that he's forgotten more about than you and I will ever know. So, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely worth. It. And he he did he and it's like a ten four of the develop. He answered like twenty questions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, they they said in uh, in uh, it was an RTV or one of the they said that you know he got through ten questions and he said. There's a bunch of other ones here I think I can answer with, like, one or two words. Can I just, like, keep going? And so they were like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I like him. Why not? He's a very cool, he's a very cool guy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. And then in episode number 14, hey, it's Sherry Heiberg and Forrest Stefan. Um, so a, a cool question I thought that you might be interested in. Uh, uh-huh. What's going on with the Galactopedia? And what Sherry said is... Uh, the ARC star map is a cornerstone of the Galactopedia. The current plan is to release a bare-bones version of it very soon, TM. Uh, first, they're going to define all the in-lore terms currently being used in the star map, and so we'll be able to click on those terms and get a definition or a, uh, for, uh, to at least to start a bare-bones encyclopedia entry, which will you know, give us some foundational text, which they will augment and build upon um, um, as time goes by until it's you know completely fleshed out. So, um, it, but it's a work in progress, um, and um, we'll, they say we're going to be able to access this from the star map, um, and then also from a different UI, not having anything to do with the star map. Uh, there will be a search tool uh, for us to use in a glossary where we can see all of the terms that are available to us. And so, I'm thinking for you uh, lore heavy types, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Or it's got to be pretty exciting for you to to the idea of having a tool like this uh, as a resource available to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I already and, and you know we've talked about this before. I use uh, the uh, Arc Star Map heavily uh, with Quantum Drive. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I'm using it right now for the next uh, couple of shows. Um, I'm traveling. Uh, Jackson is traveling into the Banu Protectorate, and so to be able to pull that up on the Star Map um, and get you know. Descriptions that are, are defined enough to allow me to to, to storytell is mm-hmm. is incredible. It's been the the star map has been an amazing tool for me to use in relation to Quantum Drive, um, and it's a great bit of lore um, for anyone to play around with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think of of all the folks at CIG, it's the lore team I would most want to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if I was going to play X Wing, I'd want to play it with the community team. Okay, I can I can get down with that. Yeah, because uh, I think I think Toast is a big. Uh, well, he's not on the community team really, uh, but I, I understand that the, the Toast is a, is a big X Wing player. So nice, very cool. 
All right. And then in the reverse, the verses, episodes 98 and 99, um, Jimmy, in number 98, we got our first glimpse of the female character model um, on Sandy's uh, Twitter feed. So have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I'll pop open a nice bottle of Cavatier. <laughs> And welcome the latest to Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. So um, I thought that that was because a lot of people have been, you know, uh, um, uh, very interested in having this happen. So um, uh, it's uh, I, she's she's in engine. Yeah, no, I think that that's fantastic. And, and you know, they, they've talked about soon TM, um, the ability to do a basic character customization as, as a early uh, as a beginning uh, the first iteration of that process. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had said, uh, I forget where I'd read it, but they had said that you'd be able to select a male or female type. And then they, they weren't sure yet, but maybe four to six different faces, uh, you mm-hmm. know, four to, four to six different looks. Um, a very basic system just to at least at least start character customization. And, uh, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, personally, I'm, I'm not going to be playing a female character, but, you know, we have stars to... We have female star citizen players out there uh and not the dudes that want to create uh female characters that's you know that that's cool that's your jam but but we have female players and i just i i feel bad for them you know i mean you know if you flip that around if you're a dude and you want to play a dude and there's only female characters it's hard for you to relate you know for me personally i like to relate to my character i like to create a character that is is kind of an embodiment of myself in that universe and I would imagine that, you know, there's a fair percentage of our female player base that feels the same way. And so, you know, it, it's going to be great for it's going to be great when that option is available for that player base. And I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, beyond that, it just adds more diversity to the verse. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now if you scroll down and this is all on Sandy's Twitter feed, so you can uh, she's at Sandy Gardner. Gardener, uh, so check that out. But um, if you scroll down to the uh, picture below the uh, second uh, female model picture, there is Gurmak and the cat. Now this, I think, is the um, the, the cockpit. The model. side, yeah. This is yeah. We, what we were talking about earlier. This is the uh, to use my quote fingers again. The lifeboat that uh, is is the command module of the caterpillar. Now, are those Richard Fingers? Is that what we were calling them? Yes, we were calling them Richard Fingers. Okay, well, hold on to that thought because it'll come back in the next show. Perfect. All right. So, well, so that is really, really cool looking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a standalone uh, ship, uh, it's a great uh, and and it's a great little getaway tool too. You know, I mean, let's be honest, the Caterpillar is not going to be a ship that's really going to be able to hold its ground. It might be able to fend off a couple of you know. Uh, low rent pirates, if you will, um, mm-hmm. but you know you 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 go after that ship with an organized uh, you know an organized squadron. You're going to have to get out of there, and if you can't get out of there, you've at least got the ability to separate the command module from the rest of the ship and then get out of there. So it's just it's just that much more that allows for you to get away with your butt intact. Ah, well, which is important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to die. I would rather lose my cargo than die. You know, I don't know why, but for some reason it reminds me of McHale's Navy. Looks like a PT boat. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely do check that out. And then in the most recent RTV, uh, someone asked, is there, it was mostly they talked about um, uh, the, the Dragonfly, which we've already discussed. But so uh, definitely um, uh, uh, check that out um, for more Dragonfly goodness. But um, someone also asked, is there any support for the Steam Controller in 2.4? And they said no, but QA does have one which they can test with. So someday maybe. You know, it's I God, I really miss the uh, Xbox controller support. Uh, it's just they, it's totally different. And I, you know, to be fair, I haven't done any research to see if there's an easy way to, to put it back the way that it was. But um, um, this mouse and keyboard thing is, um, I may have to get a throttle. I may have to break down and get a throttle because I'm I'm not loving the mouse and keyboard. Right. We we were talking about that. Um, we were talking about that on text the other day that that you were. Um uh, that you were trying to make the switch over to, to mouse and keyboard. Uh, so do you think you would go stick and throttle or do you think you'd go mouse and throttle? 
Mouse and throttle. Yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta live that dream, man. I'll I'll, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> you know what All you right. should do? You should do the same thing that I did. Um, just get the uh, Thrustmaster for. You know, it's anywhere between like twenty four and forty five dollars, so it's a very very minimal investment. Um, mm-hmm. It really is very easy to set up, and will give you um, for an affordable rate. Uh, it'll give you an idea of if that's kind of your jam. Um, right mm-hmm. now, um, I am full throttle and uh, mouse, and the uh, the stick is actually under my desk, um, uh, perpendicular to the throttle because you can't separate the two, which uh-huh. is a bit of a bummer, but. You know, I found a way to kind of tuck it down there and, and get it out of the way. Um, and I absolutely love it, man. I really do. I mean, I'm looking at, at other higher-end throttles. Again, Richard Fingers. Um, mm-hmm. But this throttle really does kick butt, dude. It's 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 light. You know, people complain about that. Um, but it's got it's got a nice feel to it. Um, it's easy to um, to write the um, to, to associate the commands to it. Mm-hmm. And it just works. Yeah. I might have to check that out, and by might I mean I will. Yeah, I've, like I said, for the, for the amount of money, um, it's well worth it's well worth giving it a try. I, I can't. I, it's funny um, in uh, two point four uh, in the PTU, the first first couple of patches they kind of um, completely uh, hosed the um, the stick and throttle setups, um, mm-hmm. and it was really really buggy to the point where I couldn't fly with my throttle. And so I went back to the keyboard and was like, "Ah, this is a nightmare. I can't do this. Who's got a Who's got a Starfarer that I can jump on board? Because I'm not flying until this is fixed." Right. It's right. it's such a difference, and you don't even realize it until you go back. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, we should probably mention this has been the uh, E3 week. Um, so um, uh, I I know a Star Citizen or CIG was not there. Uh, but uh, even though it was in LA, which is kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. they, I guess, I guess, yeah, sort of the 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 nature of the event and the um, and I, also the expense. I understand it's just god awful expensive. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing your your uh, your wife was uh, was there for uh, a lot of it. Yep, didn't see her all week. Okay, um, but uh, the very best and worst of it. Um, uh, what I what I saw, and I, I haven't. Uh, I just kind of watched, you know, best of trailers. Um, I do love me some of the Battlefield One. Oh my God, that is an amazing. Have you seen any of the trailers for that? Yeah, no, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and my overall impression is that um, it seems like the level of visual fidelity has gone up significantly, even since last year. Um, but that said, there's nothing really that stood out screaming, you know, revolutionary new gameplay. Um, you know, it's uh, it seemed like you know still the same the same way of playing games is just that the graphics were more intense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, and not a lot of VR either, um, which I was sort of surprised by with the release of the Rift and the Vive. You would think that there would be um, some VR, some AAA VR titles, um, but. Um, um, who knows? I guess maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year that uh, that market will be a little bit more mature, and uh, they will be uh, pumping stuff. But um, there, was, and I don't, there were there were there were a handful of um, of noteworthy VR games. Um, so, uh, but then there were also, uh, the, for example, so a not so no- noteworthy VR game. Apparently, um, Resident Evil. Uh, the way mm-hmm. that they have uh, integrated their controls uh, apparently is making uh, people sick. Right. Right. So, but there was a, there was another horror game. I forget what it's called. Um, that looked really really good. Um, that uh, that my wife had tried. And overall, I, she she kind of said this. Uh, I think that um, that my wife kind of really kind of hit the nail on the head. Nobody really knows what's going to hit with VR. So everyone's kind of releasing these um, almost kind of testing the waters games. There's a few bigger name, bigger games that are coming out, but for the most part, um, it's either titles that you that you already recognize, um, mm-hmm. or it's kind of like they're just kind of seeing. You know, they're kind of getting their their um, feet wet in the VR and trying to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work before they invest too much time in it um and it's also you know in in its first iteration vr is not going to be a cheap thing to get into right right um well i mean how much is the um the setup for the playstation going to be a couple hundred bucks yeah well i mean so but you're but you're the thing is like i think it's either playstation or xbox um a fair number of games are going to look like you're sitting in a movie theater so they're not actually going to be vr 
um, and a lot of the a lot of the bulk titles that are work that they're working on are smaller kind of you know just quick games uh, quick and easy games uh, so yes. uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out I think initially um, it, it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be slow going um, and in the meantime they're just working on better graphics better graphics better graphics yeah. Yeah, well, and and they certainly are um, accomplishing that. So, and I, and, you know, I have a really hard time getting past the shiny pictures. So, um, <laughs> that's that's the extent of the research I did. But because I wrote it, I'm going to read it. Then there's that game by the guy who did those other games. Then they fired him, and now he's got the guy from that show, and he's naked, and he has a baby attached to him with lots of dead fish all around, counting the minutes until I can play this game, Jimmy. Every single minute, I just don't get it. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? No. What game are you talking about? Um, Death Stranding. Okay. That's the... Um, you're a Walking Dead guy? It's that guy from Walking Dead. It's the the, the, the guy that the um, Metal Gear Solid guy, uh, Kojima. Um, I'm sorry. Hideo. Hideo. Okay. Hideo. Okay. All right. Is it now? Kojima, Kojima is his name, is Hideo's name, and he worked for the company that they then they fired him, and he got a bunch of money from Sony, I think it is, to make this game. But anyway, it's check out the trailer. It's it's at the end of it, you're just kind of like going, okay, I don't really see the game here, but <laughs> but uh, okay, maybe that's sure. the revolutionary new gameplay I'm looking for. But I don't have a PlayStation, so well, here's oh well. you know, here's the thing. I think that you know we're going to start to see more and more. I think that we're, we're going to start to see over the next few years, in my opinion, and this is a little bit off the beaten path, but I think we're going to start to see more of a revolution in uh, MMOs. Um, where they're not going to be the WoW model, they're going to be more the Star Citizen model. Where they're going to be, they're going to be basically that that single player game in an MMO universe. I think that um, if Star Citizen uh, releases to the success that we think that it's going to receive, um, you'll start to see a lot more copycats in the MMO genre because the MMO genre is a bit stale right now. Oh, did you see the new Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy fifteen? I no, no, I didn't. It looks old. I mean, it looks like every other Final Fantasy game. I mean, maybe you know a few things are are shinier. Or, it's not the remastered. Uh, what is it? Seven. Uh, you know, I I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. It's a couple of, we have couple no of guys out of touch. We just spaceships. But anyway, to your point, um, I think that the the genre, the MMO genre, um, needs some uh, needs a different paradigm. Yeah, I agree. I, that, I agree. I think that you're right that um, that um, uh, hopefully uh, Star Citizen and um, CIG are going to uh, lead that vanguard, as it were. Well, and we we also see it um, in some of the um, in some of the newer uh, in the survival games, uh, which is uh-huh. a relatively new genre. It's only about a couple of years, right? The, the, the survival. MMO genre, um, um, Minecraft, I suppose. Uh, yeah, 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 but but you're you're starting to see a shift in that direction where you're not doing you know um, mission rinse repeat mission rinse repeat mission rinse repeat right um, that RPG style of you know learning skills and those kind of um, enhance your role if you will your your roll of the dice. Um, right. You're starting to we're starting to move uh, MMOs into a more Twitch based uh, play style, and I really like that. Um, it's one of the things that I, I loved about, uh, even though uh, Star Wars Galaxies was mission quest repeat, mission quest repeat. There was an element of open world to that game, um, mm-hmm. and it was one of the things that I really didn't like about World of Warcraft. I love World of Warcraft, but I just hate the mission re- rinse repeat, mission rinse the repeat. Grind. Yeah, and and it also you know having having uh, an MMO that is more Twitch based, that is not skill based, um, and, and really having it be more of an open world, I think uh, really lends itself to end game play, which is a big problem with these types of games. You know, mm-hmm. you get to you know the end of the line where you know, you've maxed out your level cap and you've got all the cool shiny armor. Now, what do you do? You know, right. and if you're in a world that if you're in an open world that uh, doesn't really have, you're not really binded to a skill set of, or or binded to, um, you know, the end game is maxing out your level. It, it really does open up a lot more. Um, a lot more gameplay and a lot more, uh, a lot more of the ability to live in that game, in that universe. Absolutely. All right, then. Please do go to Engine. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N dot com. 
Thank you, Ronald Jenkies, for letting us use your music. Check him out at ronaldjenkies.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Bass Radio at radio.starcitizenbass.com where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. This show is now available on the Google Play Music. Definitely check it out. You can get the Google Play Music app for Android, iPhone, and on the interwebs for your computer. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at Versecast, and please do be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash Versecast. Please upvote us there on the RSI Community Hub in the Podcast and Deep Space Radar sections. Links are in the show notes. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please, please, please be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? You can find me, as always, most chatty over at Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. And uh, Quantum Drive is back. I think that, uh, you know, we're all aware. I uh, just got through episode two. Uh, and we're moving on to episode three. Uh, so every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, uh, and Saturday, 1 p.m. PST, you can catch the show over at the base. Nice. All right, then. Until next time, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Happy shing. Happy who? <laughs> I hope you have some beeps left over. Oh, God. You're going to pace one. Why do you hate me? You know it takes time for me to beep stuff. <laughs> because I because Tormund said so. <laughs>